You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And rather than talk about the full 90-man roster, which we tried to do in this episode and then realized that we had way too much to say, we're going to split it. So this episode will focus primarily on the offensive side of the ball. And then next week, stick around and we'll talk about the changes to the 90-man roster that we have on the defensive side of the ball. So again, this week, looking at a lot of the changes that were made on offense, key additions from the draft or undrafted free agency, um, who the Packers lost, and some overarching thoughts about what that Packers offense looks like. So Perry, get us started. Yeah. Oh, well, I think this is really exciting because so much of the offseason is so much uncertainty about what the team is going to look like and how much it's going to change. And now we're at a point where it's really starting to take shape um, and give you kind of a better picture of what the team is going to look like, you know, week one, even though we're still a little ways away from that. So we'll start with the most important of positions, the quarterback position, Um, (laughs) the Packers signed Blake Bortles as a vet QB option, backup option, which Maggie wrote a wonderful article about for Cheesehead TV. If you haven't read it yet, you really should such good insight there, but really, really love the signing, I, I know there was some apprehension about what it means. I really just think that it means the Packers felt the need to get a really experienced, trustworthy, reliable backup quarterback who knows the system, who has playoff experience, which is very rare. Um, and I think will be a really nice addition to the team. And they also signed undrafted free agent Kurt Bankert who has the flow, um, (laughs) been able to see anything that he can do on the field, but the Packers typically always have some kind of undrafted practice squad player. So makes a lot of sense. Love having four quarterbacks. You can never have, um, too many. And that's a number that, uh, the Packers typically have on the roster anyway. Yeah. I mean, we knew that was coming. Brian Gutekind said after the draft that they needed to add some quarterbacks. I don't think they necessarily fell in love with anybody in the later rounds of the draft. So it made sense that they would look to the undrafted guys or bring names in for rookie minicamp. We know Chad Kelly was here as well, although he left unsigned. So yeah, I mean, I, I go back and forth and I know that's not what this episode is about, but I still just have like a really interesting it's hard for me to wrap my head around, I guess, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love both being on the team in 2021. So to me, I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that the Packers would like roll into 2021 with 
Blake Bortles as Aaron Rodgers backup and then like Kurt Benhurt just as the practice squad guy. And, you know, I, I hate to say that about Jordan Love because I, I'm very fascinated by what he can be as a prospect. And obviously, you know, the Packers are really high on him, but there is a part of me that wonders if he's like going to take a Tim Boyle trajectory because he's not threatening. I'm talking about Kurt Benhurt, not Jordan Love and just Blake Bortles will be like the backup. Yeah, I don't know. I think Bortles is meant to be more QB3 as like the best insurance they've had. Obviously, things with Aaron Rodgers are still a little bit up in the air. You'd like to imagine that your first round pick will finally be QB2. But I agree with you for like a locker room perspective. And again, this is something you wrote about, which I think is really insightful, is that you need a kind of I hate to call Blake Bortles a buffer, but you need a little bit of a buffer quarterback, someone who's been around the league who can kind of take Jordan Love under his wing. He still needs a lot of development since he got pretty much no live reps last season, but it really feels at this point like Aaron Rodgers is not going to be that guy and that's okay, but now they have Blake Bortles who can be that guy. Yeah, and I mean, I think nothing that anybody has talked about is trying to say that there's like beef with Aaron Rodgers or that he wouldn't be a consummate pro because we know that he's been that. It's just, you know, when you think about maybe what his next few years would look like if he stayed in Green Bay long term, whether he works directly with Jordan Love, having a guy like Blake Bortles Bortles still makes sense regardless because it's like you said, there's like a little bit of a mediator there where Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be the go-to person. And I think it's just tough. Tim Tim Boyle knew enough about Matt LaFleur's offense being in it an additional season to be the guy behind Aaron Rodgers. But if Jordan Love isn't necessarily ready, I think you always want to have extra experience in the room. And there was no way I felt comfortable. And I think a lot of people felt comfortable with the Packers rolling into the 2021 season with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and like an undrafted rookie with somebody that just has no clue about the Matt LaFleur offense. Right. And Bortles has the experience with Hackett. So there's a lot of institutional knowledge there. Um, I think we could probably talk about the quarterback position for an entire (laughs) episode. So um, I'm going to shift us to running back, which is, um, a position that feels pretty solid in my mind, even before the draft and the Packers of course have their really awesome and um, dynamic one, two punch with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They did end up bringing back Dexter Williams. They have Mike Weber, Patrick Taylor, friend of the show who we're (laughs) rooting for, of course. And then they drafted Kylan Hill, who from all accounts by people who were at rookie minicamp, Kylan Hill looked really good. I saw a couple of videos of him just really looked in control, very shifty, nice skill set. Um, I think that he ended up getting drafted in the seventh round, was actually projected to later. Um, so they didn't really pick up anybody else, but that's, I think, because that room feels um, quite solid and well-rounded. Um, I don't know who running back three will be. I think that'll be a really interesting camp battle. Um, potentially Kylan Hill or Patrick Taylor can can car carve out that role for themselves. Yeah. I was going to say no disrespect to Dexter Williams or Mike Weber, but to me looking at the position group, it really feels like a two horse race between Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor. And we haven't necessarily seen Patrick Taylor yet. Right. I mean, that's all just going off of knowing what we knew about him in college, but we've seen Dexter Williams get some opportunities and he hasn't necessarily capitalized on those, probably not through any fault of his own, just the opportunities were really limited. Mike Weber, we don't know enough about. So I think going into training camp and the preseason specifically, that's going to be really fun to see. You know, we know Matt LaFleur emphasizes backs that can block, 
yes. backs that can catch. So kind of what that looks like to me right now, it's between Patrick Taylor and Kylan Hill. And maybe the Packers keep four running backs. We saw them do that last season for a brief stint. So Yeah, and I think Matt LaFleur has also reiterated time and again how much he and this Packers offense runs off of a backfield by committee. Um, and if you want to, and they should want to keep Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon fresh, there should be like a pretty clear, you know, third back. And while AJ Dillon wasn't necessarily always the featured third back last season with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I think by the end of the season, you were starting to see Matt LaFleur more um, consistently rotating the backs, especially in that Rams game um, in the playoffs. So hopefully by this year, you know, whoever that is, um, will be have more touches, I guess, let's say, than, than we saw A.J. Dillon have last season. Um, but just feels like a really complete room. It does. And before we shift to running or to wide receivers, it sounds like, you know, really early reports are indicating that Jamal Williams could start the season as RB1 for the Lions. So that would be really exciting for him to finally get his opportunity to be the yeah. guy you know, we saw him have some of that in Green Bay when Aaron, Aaron Jones was injured. For, but, we root yeah. for Jamal, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So the wide receivers, that you, now that you mention it, are, it's really, really interesting to me. The Packers have 11 right it's very now. Very deep. Roster, yeah. Which is a lot. And we know, right, that Matt LaFleur is not Mike McCarthy, and they do not go spread and 11 personnel very often. And so I highly doubt that all of these guys will end up on the roster. But it's all the top guys from last year, right? Devontae, MVS, Alan Lazard, EQ. Then you get finally Devin Punches in there because he opted out in the 2020 season. Malik Taylor, Reggie Begleton, Juwan Winfrey, Chris Blair. Um, then the draft pick Amari Rogers, which I think at this point is a given that he's going to be an immediate part of this offense, which really changes the dynamic around from those starters from last year. And then Bailey Gaither. So it's a really deep group for uh, a team that has been touted as having no wide receivers. It's hard to feel that way, even if these names don't necessarily jump out off of the page. Um, I think my biggest thought when I look at this list is how are all of these guys going to be used? How often are they going to be used? And what, who, besides Devontae Adams, like who's going to be the feature? Um, and I feel my very early prediction, if you want it, um, <laughs> is it's going to be Adams, MVS, and Amari Rogers out there week one. We're in full agreement there. So, yeah, I like that a lot. And it's it's interesting, too. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of depth here. Malik Taylor was kind of that surprise roster guy last year who who snatched the end of the roster, and we weren't necessarily expecting it. But it's tough, right? Like, the Packers have two new additions, technically. They're getting Devin Funches back if he makes the roster, and Amari Rodgers. So immediately, your room jumps from maybe, like, three solidified guys to potentially five. You'd think Amari Rodgers know for sure he's making the team. And then Devin Funches likely has one of the better shots at being that fifth option. Mm -hmm. um, but a player that really is interesting to me that I almost wrote about for Cheesehead TV, but again, I, I, it felt like the odds were kind of stacked against him, so I didn't necessarily feel comfortable as a surprise roster addition is Bailey Gaither. And he's a really different size compared to everybody else. He's really small. I think he's like 180 pounds and everybody else has about 200 or, or more. And he's one of the shorter guys. So he's, he's primarily, I mean, you kind of picture him as a return man. 
So I know Amari Rogers is going to get a lot of those opportunities, but to me, he would make some sense as maybe like a surprise sixth wide receiver on the roster. If you know, the backers decide to move on from somebody like EQ, if Malik Taylor doesn't shine in camp this year, Bailey Gaither, I think has a really good shot to make the roster primarily as a returner who can come out in some packages on offense. To have two solid return guys would be just such an amazing upgrade from years past. So I love that. Is there anybody here who you think would be maybe not a surprise, but a surprise cut down day guy that gets cut? I hate to say it because I love him and I think Aaron Rodgers loves him, but Alan Lazard right now to me would be like the biggest at risk like if you said Why you know it's that? well because you have Devonte adams and you have amari rogers so if you're looking maybe if you want like a core three to me mbs gets the bump over alan lazard so i guess if you're talking about like shock value who would be a big surprise to me it's alan lazard but i, I still think for sure that you know the four of those guys will be on the roster but you know if they're looking to like you said add a, add a return guy or something or if Devin Funches just plays really well, Alan Lazard, I mean, I think could be like the surprise, but I, I would still bet all my money that he makes the roster. So. Yeah. My answer to that would be EQ just because I felt like Alan Lazard very much produced more than EQ did, even though. Oh yeah. Hurt. So I, I think that would be my pick for just like kind of a surprise cut down day guy. But I mean, there's absolutely no way that the Packers keep all 11 and, and, I think a few of these will end up being practice squad players. Um, Tight ends, again, another really deep group, but make it. It's not a surprise to me that the Packers have seven on the roster, right? They use two tight end sets all the time. Mercedes Lewis is basically six offensive linemen sometimes um, really, really predicated on tight ends being able to block and also catch passes. So, Right now, the Packers have Mercedes, Big Bob, Jace, Josiah DeGuaro, who will be coming off that ACL injury. Really looking forward to seeing what he looks like. Dominique Daphne, who produced when he was given the opportunity last season. Isaac Nada and Bronson Kafusi. So really deep, really versatile. Um, I love the idea of having some vets, but then you also have some you know guys who are going to be given a really – um, incredible opportunity to produce. Uh, I think that the locks for me, of course, are Mercedes and Bob, um, potentially Josiah DeGuara because Matt LaFleur was just so excited about him. Um, I think that this is hate to put it out there, but a little bit of a make or break season for Jay Sternberger because he hasn't really been able to produce. And I know that the learning curve for tight end from college to, to the pros is pretty steep but he hasn't been able to really do anything. So he is going to, I think, need to have a really nice camp. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. And I, I wanted to bring this up, but I didn't want it to be like a controversial take or anything. But, you know, Packers fans every offseason love to try and predict like who could be surprise trade candidates. And there's no way that the Packers are keeping five tight ends on the roster. Josiah DeGuara is coming back. Mercedes Lewis is coming back. Bob Tanyan is, com- Bob Tanyan is coming back. So then, you know, who's your fourth? We know Dominique Daphne kind of eclipsed him on the roster towards the end of the season, and Jay Sternberger was a healthy scratch. We know that Brian Gutekunst said that he would have liked to 
potentially look at veteran options at linebacker. He wanted to take a linebacker earlier than Isaiah McDuffie, and it just the board didn't fall that way. Is there a scenario where Jay Sternberger is a trade candidate for maybe somebody on defense or maybe somebody else for the roster because he's just buried in the depth chart and the Packers have seen enough of him to maybe know, even though, like you said, we know tight end takes a long time to develop at the NFL level. I think it's an interesting question because I'm not sure how much Jace has flashed to make another team want to go and trade for him unless there was a team that scouted him uh, pre-draft and really wanted him in the draft and the Packers got him. You know, he had that, his big moment in the NFC Championship 2019. Um, And that's really it. I think there's a certain lack of connection with Rodgers that has definitely stifled his growth um, in a fairly unfortunate way. He hasn't really been able to stay healthy, which is also why I think that knocks his trade value a little bit. I just don't know what the Packers would be able to get back for him that would be worth it. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I don't know the level of talent you could get for like a a linebacker, but I mean, remember a couple seasons ago when Lindsey Pipkins was traded for Antonio, was it for Antonio Morrison? Like it was a one for one. Yeah. So, I mean, there, it does happen. And I talked about this a little bit on pack a day and I know we'll talk about it more when we get to the linebackers, but it just feels like the Packers are always looking at certain positions And to me, if there's like a linebacker that catches their eye, you know, we wonder what happens with Josh Jackson. We've always thought maybe he could be a trade candidate because it just seems like he's losing his opportunities to, to find a starting role on the Packers defense. So yeah, to me, I still think Jace makes the roster and I think he has a bigger jump this season, but he wouldn't necessarily surprise me if he wasn't with the Packers to start the season either. Yeah. So now let's move on to the offensive linemen. This to me is such a real, such an interesting topic because I feel like we went into this offseason with a lot of questions at the offensive line. The depth felt really thin. We didn't know who was going to be starting at specific positions. And now the Packers have 16 offensive linemen to choose from. And it felt like they went very heavy on the interior, both last draft and this draft, right? And they added last year, John Runyon Jr., JRJ, Simon Stepaniak, and Jake Hansen, who's technically a center. Neither Simon Stepaniak or Jake Hansen even ever made the roster. Um, but then they added Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannen, John Dietzen, Corey Cronk, and Jacob Capra this season. So really deep. Um, obviously, they have their four primary starters coming back in David Bakhtiari, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, and Lucas Patrick. Um, and really, really strong, I think, in competition. So... What are your thoughts on, first off, you know, what the Packers have done the last two years to bolster this group and what potentially you think this is going to look like going into camp? What are any competitions that you're looking forward to seeing and potentially what's that line week one? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think I have a hard time not seeing David Bakhtiari starting at left tackle, but obviously we know that ACL injuries are tricky. Things can always come up, so... I still think it's David Bakhtiari to start. I think Elton Jenkins plays left guard. I think Josh Myers handedly wins the center position. I think John Runyon Jr. 
will be the right guard over Lucas Patrick. And I think that Billy Turner plays right tackle and that's no disrespect to Lucas Patrick, but I think that, I mean, as far as depth at interior is concerned, he's one of the best, you know, it's the same way we wanted them to keep Lane Taylor. If you have Lucas Patrick, you know that you have somebody on your roster that can play guard or center. So to me, and this is the really interesting part. We talked about this a little bit on pack a day. I'm not sold yet on the depth at tackle. I think Koi Kronk honestly has a really good shot at becoming a backup swing tackle. We know we have Yash Nijman, mm-hmm. but outside of those couple guys, even like Royce Newman, he kind of projects like a guard. He might end up playing tackle. He could win that backup swing tackle role, but there's not a ton of like true tackle depth on the roster right now. So for pack a day, I, I projected the dog just sneezed that maybe they would look at a free agent like Dennis Kelly, who was with mm-hmm. the Titans when Matt LaFleur was there. Um, and I, I think they'll see what they have in training camp first, but if they're not convinced, you know, we've seen them go get guys like Rick Wagner, Jared Valdir. So I, I think that we have like a really solid interior along the offensive line, but if David Bakhtiari can't start the season, I think tackle is just a little bit thin. So would they kick Billy Turner over to left tackle and have Elton Jenkins play right tackle or vice versa? My thought would be that if, if David can't start, I think Turner gets left tackle and Elton Jenkins plays right tackle. And then of course you have Lucas Patrick who can just kind of swing in and and fill left guard. Yeah. And then to me, I completely agree with you first off, but I think it's very interesting and very telling. And I, I guess who knows what camp will bring. Right. But there are two draft picks last year, two sixth round picks who may not even make the roster again, um, which again, you can never swing too often at offensive line. The trenches are what wins games. And especially if you have Aaron Rodgers back under center, you want to protect him at all costs. You can never have enough depth there. But I think it's very interesting and very telling that potentially only one pick from last year, but two or three maybe from this year are going to make that spot, take those spots over two of the draft picks from last season. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it was kind of the depth or like where they were taken because John Brandon Jr. falling to the sixth round surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the Packers obviously took some swings. Jake Hansen made a lot of sense as a backup center if they couldn't sign Corey Lindsley. But it's, I don't know, it, it feels like this year maybe they prioritized the big guys a little more. Obviously, Josh Myers in the second round was a huge impact. Cole Van Lannan can play just about anywhere, even though I think he'll probably start at guard. Royce Newman can play anywhere. So it just, it feels like if the board wasn't necessarily falling the way they wanted it to this year, they took a big guy, which I don't think you can ever really go wrong doing, but it feels like these guys will have more of an opportunity right away than maybe the guys last year do. Yeah. It's very interesting the way patterns have started to take shape with this new sort of Packers regime and the way that they draft different positions. And it's become very clear that Goot and the rest of the scouts really covet offensive linemen who are versatile. And all of, you know, that all of these guys, almost all of them, at least besides David Bakhtiari, who's obviously very locked in at left tackle can play multiple positions. And that's become really important. And we even saw last season, there was so much shuffling and so much, reorganization, not to use a business term, but (laughs) the Packers did kind of a reorg of their offensive line almost every week. And it's because they can, because they keep drafting players who are versatile enough to play multiple positions. And even if it's just an interior guy who can play guard or center, I think it's become 
something that they covet. And I don't know. I, I like to think it's a positive. I just find it very interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that was one of the themes like we saw even last year with the offensive line, like the Packers would not have been in the situations that they were in as far as making it to the NFC championship game this year, if they didn't have Billy Turner and Dalton Jenkins on the roster. I mean, the fact that both of them could play just about anywhere. I'm pretty sure if you said, Hey, Billy, can you play center? He'd be like, yeah, give me like five warm up snaps. Yeah. So and that was, that was a blessing, especially with David Bakhtiari getting injured, which of course you never want your best player to get, to get hurt like that. Right. Of course. And again, you know, the line week one, we're so far away from it, of course, hinges upon David Bakhtiari's rehab. I think it sounded like he's well ahead of where they expected him to be, but you never know. And you don't want to rush an ACL injury back. You want to make sure that David Bakhtiari is going to be healthy. It's a marathon, not a sprint, especially if you expect the Packers to make a deep push into the playoffs. So you don't want to lose him again in December uh, when we, when the Packers really needed him, but overall, how are you feeling? What are your kind of overarching thoughts about the way this Packers, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is looking going into camp? It's hard to say I feel better about the offense because you and I were like huge advocates for re-signing Corey Lindsley. Love the Lindsley family. Um, but I do. I feel better about this offense, which again, they were the number one offense in the NFL last year. It's hard to say that you can feel more optimistic about them, but I just really like the additions they made. It was unfortunate to lose Corey Lindsley, but you think you have a guy who can play center for the next seven years for you. It sucked to lose a guy like Jamal Williams, but now you get to see what your second round draft pick can do in A.J. Dillon. The depth is really good at tight end. You have more wide receivers on the roster than you've had in years. I just really, really feel good about kind of the skill position players. And I know we talk about weapons for Rodgers. Amari Rodgers is going to be really fun. So just like some of these Josiah DeGuara coming back, just all these little pieces make mm -hmm. me more excited to see what all the new wrinkles Matt LaFleur can do in the offense. I agree. I I think it's hard to imagine this offense being better. Of course, there's always improvements. Nothing's perfect. But the additions that they've made make me very excited about what this offense can become. And I think Matt LaFleur is such an interesting and unique vision. And the more that we've gotten to see what he likes to do on the field, it makes these draft picks make more sense. And you see exactly what you said, like Josiah DeGuara coming back, you know how unique of a skill set he can bring. You know, I think everyone and their mother expects Amari Rogers to have an immediate impact because he's just such a perfect fit in this offense. So even just adding two additional weapons that defenses have to, you know, plan around makes what was already the number one offense in the league, even that much more dangerous. And all we need now is confirmation of Aaron Rodgers' return and let's go scorch earth on him. <laughs> I love that so much. I hope that news drops that Aaron Rodgers has signed just a massive extension when we're all in Madison together. That would be amazing. It would make an already perfect weekend even more fun. We We'd would have, have to go to, live on the spot. I was just going to say that. You read my mind. We would have to go live no matter the um, state of being. 17 cocktails deep and we are breaking <laughs> the air. Brunch with Rachel. <laughs> oh, well, very excited to see some Packers football. Obviously, you and I will get to see some Packers football at training camp. We'll get to see some of these camp battles that we can't wait to hear about. So, Maggie, before we wrap up, 
where can everybody find your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and I also am part of the Thursday Pack-A-Day podcast crew. Uh, Packs with Cheesehead just dropped a bunch of fun merch. My hat, I found out, shipped to me, so hopefully I have it before Madison next week. But we have dad caps available with the Packs with Cheesehead logo, so if you're interested, make sure you check out the Packs with Cheesehead Teespring. Perry, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Please follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, we drop all of our exciting news there. So follow along and let's get ready for some fun off-season dialogue. Yeah. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Oh.